Hey, Paul here, just uh, welcoming you to the part two of our May 1992 episode with our good friend Bob Burton. Uh, like I said last week, the conversation was uh, was very long and very cool and very, very good, and I didn't want to cut anything out, so we've, we've made it into two episodes here. So uh, without further ado, we'll get back into the action, and we are just we just finished talking about Alien 3. We're just about to start talking about some other movies that came out in that month. Uh, and yeah, I'll see you next week. Bye. <laughs> but uh, let's move on to Lethal Weapon 3. Okay. Well, I'm thinking we should cut the blue wire. Hey, wait! What? That's not what I'm thinking. What, do you think maybe the red? No, no. I'm, I'm thinking that his evening's in 42 seconds. We can go upstairs, wait for the bomb squad, have a cappuccino. I'm cutting the red wire, okay? Help! Oh! What? A minute ago, you said blue. Nearly a catastrophe. I'm cutting the wire. See? All done. Roger. Yeah. Grab the cat. Grab the cat. Um, I didn't hate this as much as I thought I was going to. I fell asleep. <laughs> um, like we we did mention it on our Mighty Ducks pro- uh, commentary, it's like they they I think they gave uh, Bill Mel Gibson and um, Danny Glover a lot of money and then ran out of money for a villain, so they said like. They wanted Robert De Niro, but then they just yeah. got like cheap stored Robert De Niro. <laughs> I couldn't see Robert De Niro doing that. Like that, that bad guy is a pretty good bad guy. I thought. Oh yeah, he's I, good. It's he's just like right. it's just he was just unknown at the time. So it was just yeah. like you know, he was no diplomatic community. No. And no, Mister Benjamin. No, that's true. But I, I liked him as a bad guy. Like he certainly fit. But again, I feel like, and I'm gonna keep harping on about this. I think this was the era of like, it was like. The studios gave Mel Gibson and Danny Glover just way too much. Like, just go have fun out there. Hmm. We'll cut it together. Because, like, there's these moments where, like, you know, that whole bomb thing at the start. It's yeah. just like, is it a comedy? Is it an action? Because you're not that funny, but it's not that gripping. Um, <laughs> Danny Glover shoots a kid in this movie. <laughs> he shoots a teenager, <laughs> one of his friend's sons. And then they say, they're like, oh, that's pretty devastating. Let's get a Mel Gibson and Rene Russo fuck. <laughs> then we'll get back to that whole big drama later. Um, with this movie, I so I've got two older brothers and we grew up just watching this these kind of movies and I absolutely remember loving the Lethal Weapon uh, trilogy. Yeah. Um, and this is the first time I've watched it in uh, 15 Uh-oh. years or so. Um, Uh-oh. <laughs> the first 30 minutes of that movie is atrocious like oh, yeah. all it seems like is they do a little quip just <laughs> <laughs> solo yeah yeah <laughs> hey, pardon me one second oh please this is because this is what we need Now, if I may, <laughs> along with that saxophone, a review from Letterboxd. Please. 
two police officers and <laughs> four stars as well I should mention two police officers and a gnome <laughs> are followed by hot jazzy tunes again <laughs> oh let him let him look. <laughs> oh my god He's really, he really thinks that Riggs is going to fuck his daughter in this movie like the entire time. He's and like, they tease Riggs! it the whole time. Yeah, it's like, because I remember like, it was even worse in the first and second one. Because there's that bit where she's like, footsieing him under the table, like when, I think it was in the first or the second one. Yeah. And she's like, well young. Yeah, and she's like, super into him. Yeah, yeah. Different daughter as well, by the way. Is it? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Okay. Um, I haven't yeah. seen the first two in 15 years. And Do I you want to go back to them now though, after this? No, um, yeah. <laughs> to be honest, I had no inkling to watch Lethal Weapon three until it came up for this. Like seeing it in the list, it was like, yeah, awesome, I love it. But I'm not keen to watch movies that I liked twenty years ago. I'm not going to oh. go watch Transformers. Yeah, that's fair. I <laughs> no, you should. <laughs> you might throw up again. <laughs> it's tough now as well because there's a garbage man in it. But I loved that garbage man growing up, and I'm like, ah, oh, he's yeah. kind of good in it. But he's a bit over the top sometimes now, but uh, I don't know. This movie in particular, like, he's just lecherous in this movie. Like, in that, that scene where he's like, oh, follow me. And she goes into the men's ba- bathroom. And then, like, yeah. you know, that, that's all, like, I figure, like, <laughs> that's Mel Gibson is like, I've got a scene idea. Yeah. <laughs> I, want, I want her to come and watch me pee yeah. and then have a conversation. Then I'm going to try and um, touch her hand after and not wash my hands. There was a lot of... Uh, Power moves from him in this. Yeah. And I think there's just like, he, this is the year of Mel Gibson, like just like Warner Brothers just fucking loved him. And his little ponytail. Oh, so bad. Um, to be fair, he is not the worst part of this film. <gasps> Joe Pesci is. Okay, 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 okay. Excuse me. I'm not sure whether. I'm little Blonde sh- Pingu is the best part of this film. <laughs> he was apparently like in the script, he was supposed to go to. In New York, so he wasn't yeah. supposed, to be, supposed to be in the black. That's like, right. Let's let's have him back. La- last minute, they rewrote the script to it's have like, him in there. And no, we don't. Like, we don't want Joe Pesci at all. He's he's um he's done his hair blonde. All right. <laughs> it, it shows so much as well. It's like watching watching the film, and it's like all of his scenes are just like. And then Joe yeah, Pesci uh, shows up, and I feel wild. like the film needs him though, because without him, just those two on their own. Uh, it's, did you finish the film? Did you did you fall asleep and then wake up again? Uh, I Be- think I woke up at the very very end because we need to talk about the scene where they come into when he's in the bath and the entire family's oh, yeah. in there with a ca- with a cake and yep. then yep. Joe Pesci's in there too. Yep. And, and like, she puts a little towel over his. Yeah, butt. she was like, <laughs> like, oh, this, we, let's not make this weird. <laughs> but then Joe Pesci can still see it yeah. somehow. Yeah, um, that was weird. Yeah, uh, yeah, if I were about to retire, <laughs> I'm telling my wife like. Don't come in the bar. <laughs> Don't get the well, whole family. Lock the door. <laughs> True. You've just renovated your bathroom. I'm pretty sure there's a lock on the door. <laughs> Apparently, the only movie where his house doesn't get like raided by a bunch of dudes too. Like oh, that yeah. house is that, that house is, and I, that you know what? Genuinely funny. The amount of stuff that like um, uh, Joey Fesher has to tell potential buyers about what's happened in that house is pretty funny. Yeah. He's like and the things he forgets. And then so he's like, he's like, oh, what about the nail gun? Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> I noticed like we always enjoy his little okays. Yeah. But it's his noises as well. Yeah. Ah, 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 and his arms are always waving. 
my my boys um love is from the home line they always go retcha, retcha, retcha. <laughs> <laughs> now i have to jump ahead uh i think six years uh, because I found something out about Joe Pesci last night. Okay. We jumped on his IMDb because we decided that we quite like him and he's good comic relief. He hasn't done that many things. No. Since 2000, he's been in like five films. Yeah. No, he's he's very much legendarily like, I'm done. Well, I'm not, not coming back. Do you back know what him. he's done in his spare time? No. Play golf. Wow. Good on him. Joe Pesci has three albums. Does he call himself Joe Pesci, or is he like is it like Bruce Willis with Bruno? It's Joe Pesci. The album, his second album, nineteen ninety eight. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> Vincent Laguardia Gambino sings "Just for You." Oh my god! And the first song is "Your Cousin Vinny." <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's so sad. And that one uh, with the. Beautiful line of take, shove it up, you big fat ass. Um, is called Take Your Love and Shove It. Written by Joe Pesci. Up your big fat ass. He's like, do you want to go in a movie and make millions of dollars? I'm being an artist here. <laughs> I'm writing lyrics. And he had a song out this year, I think, as well, which we won't play because it is terrible. Uh, I, might, but, um, I might chuck that on. <laughs> he, he seems to do it right. All right, we need to get through to other, other movies. So we got Encino Man. Now you, <laughs> you said that Bob watched a film and they used a word that you weren't expecting to hear. Was this the film? Correct. Did the word start with F? Uh, yeah. 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 Very unnecessary. Like, he's already beating up Sean Astin. He doesn't need to call him a fag as well. <laughs> and it's like the entire film, I didn't really question that much about like the content or what was going on. It's like, this. All seems pretty above board. Like this isn't. Yeah, like, this this stuff would fly nowadays. Yeah, that character is a piece of garbage, and is, is throughout the movie. But yeah, there's no moments like that. Yeah, until he then. does like and like. I mean, he gets his comeuppance pretty well. Like, I mean, I, I like the fact that like, like they basically show him on stage to note to to, to to like this guy's a piece of trash, and like no one sticks up for him. Yeah, that's the best thing about it. Is like like he's got yeah. no one in his corner. It's amazing, yeah. and he is terrible to his girlfriend through the whole movie, which yeah. isn't great. But they're showing like this isn't how you treat your partner. Yeah, it's it's actually like I when I watched this, I was pleasantly surprised about how non shit it was. Yeah, Sean Astin's the worst person in this movie, by the way. Like his character, and I look. I've yeah. I've I've voiced my Sean Astin disapproval for like most things. Apparently, he's not a bad guy on on the on, like in real life. Um, he's just on the outside, he's he's a bit. I think he's a bit Jesusy now. I think he does like a, a bit, but um, he does actually probably the only person in this film that looks an appropriate age. Yeah, the character. Um, he's still got a baby face, and that bat the bad guy, one of uh, Wayne's. Yes, that's who I thought was Scott <laughs> Kahn. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Michael Michael DeLuise is basically yeah. 90s Scott Kahn. Uh but Polly Shaw, the weasel. <laughs> oh, God. That scene at the dinner table where like um I'm, I'll play the clip with the where fly? He's, No, when he's when he's talking to like um Sean Astin's dad. Mr. Morgan, if you're edge cuz I'm wheezing on your grind, it's just chill cuz if I had the whole Brady Bunch thing happen at my pad, I'd go grind over there. So don't tax my gig so hardcore, Cruster. English today, I'm only speaking much. About why he can't go home. And he's like, 
and he's, he's just talk, using all his like usual fucking nonsense words and <laughs> the dad's just like I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> that dad in that is actually really good. I really like that. Yeah, what's he from? He's been, like every 90s dad. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. That makes sense. Uh, Brendan Fraser. All I heard throughout the film was like, he was attractive. He was. He's Eddie attractive here. He's attractive. Except like, Laura. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think maybe the flannels as well. Just. Um, did you hear what's, who, what's the mummy what's <laughs> <laughs> towards the jungle <laughs> did you hear who they wanted uh, for that role Bill Murray <laughs> <laughs> there, were, there were two actors one of them was Jim Carrey Ooh. Oh. and it's like Jim like one of the big things I think with that role is he doesn't talk through nah. the whole movie it's like I think Jim Carrey <laughs> he would have been he's like I there, want to say something there was someone else um, somebody stop me <laughs> Yeah, like I can't imagine Jim Carrey turning himself down for an entire film. Yeah, like, yeah. You have like, to be the quiet one. Um, or like he would he would not talk, but his body would just do too much <laughs> the whole time. I love it when he drinks the slushy too and get the brain yeah. freeze. <laughs> and some of his screams. Oh yeah. His <laughs> <laughs> enormous eyes. Oh my god. Um they actually wanted someone else. I can't remember who it was. It's Keanu Reeves. Come on. It's always Keanu Reeves. I'm better Keanu Reeves. It's like that, that's why I said Bill Murray. Actually, like in the 90s, it's like the Keanu Reeves of Bill Murray. And as a caveman, it would have been perfect. Oh, yeah. I think oh. you're right, actually. <laughs> what year is Whoa. Oh, I just woke up. <laughs> I don't know if that's Keanu Reeves or oh. uh, Danny Glover. The other actor that they wanted for him was Nicolas Cage. Oh, that would have been... That would have been something. I cannot think of three different people (laughs) for that role. I know, like, Nicolas Cage back then was different to how we see him now, but... uh, (laughs) Like Vampire's Kiss from Nicolas Cage. (laughs) (laughs) What the hell? How is... uh, I guess Um, maybe that's just, like, a name thing. Yeah. We want, like, a a decent actor to be a caveman. Yeah, I mean, he wasn't that big there at that stage. Like, Nicolas Cage wasn't... He wasn't... He wasn't Uh, there yet. Was it also? Did anyone else know this film is California Man? No, yeah, I but saw that. Yeah, yeah, I think that must have been a British thing. It, oh, in Europe, yes, yeah, like yeah, it's California Man. I like, was still a fan of it when we moved back to England. It's like, oh, California Man now. Okay, because <laughs> nice. I never actually realised the town they're in is Encino. Yeah, I didn't know why it was called Encino Man. You didn't try to lay some truth down on your English. It's like, oh, it's called Encino Man where I'm from. Because that's you? the town he's in. <laughs> no, they say it in the start. Yeah. I want to get out of Encino. I was like, oh. <laughs> he should have said, I want to get out of Encino, man. <laughs> <laughs> ah, he said the name. So, let's not talk about this. This director's good. Like, uh, it, was, it was fun. You don't want to waste any time on it, apparently. Well, because I, I want to get to Livewire. Can, can I waste some time on Sister Act? Sure, yes. let's go. Okay, let's do Sister Act. Um, so, <laughs> I've got some notes on this, but my notes are... Whoopi Goldberg doesn't have eyebrows. Yeah, <laughs> she does not. <laughs> I never noticed that before, and I think I watched half the film before my wife was like, "She has no eyebrows." I was like, ah, she I, doesn't. I said the same thing in the opening credits. Like, can you look up if Whoopi Goldberg has eyebrows? And she started typing in, "Whoopi Goldberg have," and then like the third thing down, "Have eyebrows?" Question mark. Yeah. This has been asked before. <laughs> yeah, it was great because it's like, is it just for this role, or it's like, no, she never has. It's like, okay, yeah. she doesn't need them. No, she doesn't. She's enough woman without eyebrows. Um, she also doesn't sing in that opening scene. Really? Yeah. I was like, it doesn't look like it's her. I'm like, I'm sure she's got a good voice. Yeah. Because that's her singing at the very end. Yeah. But none of the start for some reason. That's weird. Okay. Yeah. That's weird. 
Um, this was originally written for Bette Midler. Oh. And it's quite interesting because it's like, it was specifically written for her. Um, and I can completely see that. Yeah, now, yeah, I can, I, yeah. I can see that, yeah. She turned it down and she said um, that she didn't think that her fans would like to see her in that kind of a role. And it's like, okay. Hmm. Um, it's her religion and it's not just her fans, but it's like she's playing. A she nun. would be have been a god s on earth yeah. if she'd done this. Like beaches, yeah, outrageous fortune, sister act. They'd be like, you can just rule everything now. Yeah, if she if she'd done this, like, I wonder if she looks back now and be like, ah, oh, fuck, <laughs> just a trick with that. <laughs> um, we've got uh, so. Harvey Cartel again, your boy. My boy. Yeah, he... He's weird in this. What? He's weird in this. He is weird in this, yeah. Um, I um, I, I love, uh, like, the other nuns in this movie, like, especially... Yeah. Um, Some of them. What? You know, like I do like Maggie Smith. Yeah. yeah <laughs> she, she plays it so well. And then I was... But I also sort of felt bad because I'm like, has she always been that age? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah, it's like... It's like this and then Harry Potter, she yeah. looks pretty She similar. is timeless. Yeah. Just not young timeless. She's I also like, love that partly... I was 23 years old. <laughs> <laughs> that semi-Irish uh, priest. Yeah. yeah. Like his occasional Irish accent coming out and just always being so happy all the time. Oh, look at him. This Sister, is what priests are like. Sister Mary Patrick. No. The, what? No, I, I like Sister Mary Patrick. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, whatever happened to her? I don't know. I think she was like... Kathy Naomi. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's just voice stuff, I assume, but she yeah. was the best. Yeah, she was great in this movie, yeah. Um, and there's a dog, let's not forget. Um, <laughs> she meets a dog at the start, and there's a couple scenes where she goes and meets people out in the street, and the dog just sat. It's the same dog just sat in the street next to her. Highlights of the film. <laughs> <laughs> you, just, you just zero in. No, it's like when there's a... Weird cameo of someone in a film like, ah, oh, you know, Ben Stiller walks past in that scene. He's like, huh, there's a little dog in that scene. And then he comes back later on. Um, another another note on this film, Carrie Fisher was brought on to help with the, uh, with, yeah. with the script. Um, so it turns out that she's a really good friend of Whoopi Goldberg's and a part of Whoopi signing up was she said, Ooh. I want Carrie Fisher on it. She did a lot of uncredited rewrites for movies in the 90s. Like she was, yeah. You still get paid when you're uncredited? Yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. Um, Kevin Smith rewrote Coyote Ugly. Oh. Like, and he got that's like apparently like that's like a lot of people get their own pet projects off the ground by doing uncredited rewrites and stuff. Like, also, you want to be uncredited because you don't want people to know that you rewrote that. Cause... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that's the other thing too. Is like, and then I think like, or also I think they can sort of pay him in a different way. They don't have to like they're not in part of the SAG like all the oh, screenwriters yeah. guild and lots of yeah under the table. Yep. Nice. Um. I needed to talk about Livewire. <laughs> Just for a little bit. Okay. I'm going to play the trailer right now. Coming from New Line Home Video. Somewhere in Washington. There's absolutely no trace of any kind of explosive or a fragment from a detonating device. Nothing. Somewhere nobody suspects. I can get to you wherever and whenever I want. A bomb. Is ticking. It's like a combination of nitro, napalm, whatever this is. 
It isn't water. A bomb nobody can defuse. They say that Senator Victor had a seizure, and then, boom. Boom. And the government is running out of time. Now there's a matter of my ten million dollars. What are you talking about now? No! Um, this movie. <laughs> so it starts off. A senator's in like a bar. Someone serves him some water, and then he spontaneously combusts, and it's amazing. Um, you see these two like little like the two. The two... main character combusts. No, no, no. Just okay, a sen- just, just a senator. Um, you find out there's like there's this whole. It doesn't really matter. Um. <laughs> There's a bunch of bad guys that are worried that they're going to get cut out of like a $10 million um, uh, a deal and that's why they're going out and killing people with this like amazing solution that tastes like water and if you drink it, you've got 30 seconds and then you will, you will fucking blow up and blow up everyone around you. <laughs> um, enter Pierce Brosnan. Yeah. <laughs> Said no one ever. <laughs> it's like, if you want to know what he was doing before Goldeneye... No. Mrs. Doubtfire. Horrible stuff. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he, um, yeah, he, he's he's trying to do an American accent in this. Um, even though I'm pretty sure they're in LA, he's going. He went for the classic New York <laughs> accent, but like it's just Welsh Irish. Uh-huh. It's just whatever he wants at the time. <laughs> um, my wife came in a couple of times. She's like, "Where's he supposed to be from?" I'm like, "I don't know." <laughs> uh, so he goes. He's just gone through a uh, divorce from his wife. They're they're not, they're not doing well because. One time he was being distracted and his daughter wanted to play with him. And then he said, in a little bit. And then she went to a pool and died. Um, super. Hey, this is why you need a dog. This is why you need a Beethoven. He didn't have a Beethoven. No, they did have a dog, but he was just not as good a Beethoven. Oh, okay. um, yeah, like, uh, it's a super unsettling scene. But then putting Pierce Brosnan in it just makes it so laughable. <laughs> because he's just like, ah! <laughs> Should it, should it have been Harrison Ford instead? I don't know. Um, so then they find out... Like, he finds out that his wife is um, having uh, having an affair with like a senator, but then like he's super touchy about it. So if anyone talks about it, he like takes him aside and says, <laughs> they weren't fucking, they were just kissing. He says that about a couple of, like three times to the movie. I'm like, okay. <laughs> um, so yeah, they find out that this that this uh, this terrorist group have got, has got this solution. It takes them so long to work out why people are just spontaneously combusting, and then um, the most unsettling scene. So like, I'm gonna take you back to 19, probably 1994 because I saw it on TV. Oh, you've seen you saw this as a child. I saw this as a child. So mm-hmm. I saw this this section. There is a scene where they go. Um, so the senator that is having sex with his wife. Sorry, just kissing. Um, he's having like this uh, family fun day at a park. There's a lot of clowns at the park. A lot of disturbing looking clowns at the park. Okay. Two of the bad guys are dressed up as clowns. They want to put the solution into the fountain in the middle of the park. Oh, wow. Who drinks from a random fountain? But they're hoping that... Oh, no, they're, they're, I think they're trying to, like, to assassinate people, but then like the, the solution actually ends up going into the, the, the fountain. Okay. Pierce Brosnan knows what's going on at the stage. Of course he does. Fucking tackles a clown <laughs> in front of children. He goes into the fountain. He ingests the liquid. <gasps> a couple of minutes before, you were seeing the disabled kid being wheeled in through a wheelchair. And they, 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 send, they spend a, a, an inordinate amount of time watching this kid in a wheelchair. So in the panic, 
this kid's been knocked out of his wheelchair, which is kind of funny, but it's not. It's fucked up. Um, someone carries him out. So there's this wheelchair, and they keep going going back to the wheelchair. What they do is they they pick up the, the guy that is about to explode. By the way, it's gone way way longer than thirty seconds. Like he should have exploded by now. But anyway, they put him into it. So there's Piss Brosnan pushing a clown with makeup streaming down his face, with red eyes because and they're bleeding out. His chest is about to explode. And you actually see like the like the flesh start to separate and it, and it's bubbling up. Ooh. And then he just pushes this clown in a wheelchair. The clown in a wheelchair smashes into a podium and just blows up. And I saw this as a ten year old. <laughs> <laughs> and it's the most unsettling fucking thing that I've seen. And I watched it again. I'm like, it's still unsettling. And I'm putting that on Instagram. Wow. They blow up a clown in this movie. <laughs> but Pierce Brosnan doesn't blow up. No, no, he's he fine. survives. Nah, he um, he ends up. You find out the senators like involved in the. It doesn't really matter. Um, he he ends up falling out of a window with a guy, and the guy gets impaled on all these spikes. But then Pierce Brosnan's handcuffed to him, so like he's just hanging from this guy that's been impaled on spikes, and he's just like, Ugh. <laughs> at um, what point does he get undressed? Because I just saw a note that he waxed his body for this film. I think so. He didn't get singed. Oh, okay. Um, no, nah, oh, nah, there is a bit where he's um, he drinks a lot in this movie, <laughs> and he's just he's just in a, in a in a towel, and I think yeah, there there's a bit there. I thought nice. maybe that was just for him. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only thing. It's like Pierce tells me tell me about Livewire. Shave my body for it. <laughs> oh, they asked you to. Uh, nope. <laughs> just put it in my contract. Uh, so yeah, watch Livewire. It's mm. amazing. Nope. <laughs> I'd rather I don't, watch it. I don't know if you're serious or not. Is that what you're supposed to? Uh, watch it back to back with Sleepwalkers. <laughs> <laughs> with my cat. Uh, so let's move on to TV. So they, uh, the new version of Skippy. It didn't last very long. Good. Apparently, <laughs> I'm not sure. I mean, I've, I've never heard the uh, if there was like allegations of uh, like oh, cruelty, cruelty to animals. Like, I don't know if they had to put peanut butter in Skippy's mouth, <laughs> like Mr. Ed or something. Like, I'm not sure. I, I doubt Skippy was, yeah, doing it of his own free will. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. Like, all I could imagine though is like they would have some food, entice a kangaroo over, and then it would run away. Isn't that just <laughs> the premise of the show? What's that, Skip? You want me to follow you? Oh, you run away. Okay, I guess I'll come. <laughs> He yeah. seems to know what's going on. Um, getaway. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what? They're training around. Training. <laughs> Disgusting. I saw her at the airport once and she glared at me. I don't care who you are. Like, 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 get away. <laughs> get away from me. Yeah, that's it. Get away from me. Yeah, that's the show. Get away from me. Uh, and we also had Liftoff. Premiering on ABC. Did you ever watch Liftoff? I think so. No one watched that. That was creepy as fuck. Yeah. Yeah. Look at that. That's not for kids. Yes, I did. Oh, man. Creepier than a cloud being detonated into a podium. (laughs) I remember really liking that show. What is wrong with this month? But then, like, why was that doll a part of it? Like, that show was nice and it was fun. And then why is that doll here? I'm not... (laughs) I'm not sure. I'm not sure whether they said just, like... Whether it's, like, a time thing. It's, like... We sent it off to this new production company. They said they got something really. It's like it's going to get delivered like two days before premiere. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. <laughs> oh my god! What is this? <laughs> what you said? You want to like uh, you know that's going to invade children's dreams? Or maybe it had eyes and it looked even worse. Like, let's yeah, drive it out the this eyes. was the best take. <laughs> yeah. Let's scoop out the eyes. Uh, all the, over Sack in, puppets. 
over in the America, the real world premiered. So it was like one of the first reality TV shows. Got a bunch of people living together. Surely the first. Uh, yeah, yeah, yep. Like, I don't know if there's a world record for that or anything, but like it's got to be the first one. And then we had um, the best parody of that was uh, the Chappelle Show. If you've never seen it, it's amazing. Um, I'll, just I don't know. I'll just leave it at that. Chappelle okay. Show, real world par- parody. Give it a go. Um, we had only one episode of Simpsons and uh, of Seinfeld. So it was the keys for Seinfeld just before he goes to LA. Yep. I watched that. Yep. Uh, Is that when you've got to exercise the gaskets? No. So um, uh, Kramer just uh, keeps on going in there whenever he wants to and and keeps on either scaring the crap out of Jerry (laughs) or there's... The, the one that um, breaks the camel's back is uh, Jerry and a lady friend uh, are going back to his apartment and he goes in there and Kramer and Kramer's lady friend are in, in Jerry's apartment getting it on. <laughs> yeah. so takes away the keys. I didn't get a chance to rewatch That's this right. one. and I, I, But now looking at it, it's like it's one of the ones I don't think I've seen this one as many times as, as no. others. Like, I think. So I watched this episode. Yeah. Um, yeah, I... Like movies from the 90s, I haven't watched Simpsons or Seinfeld in a good 15 years or so. Um, The episode, there are a few amazing parts. There's a pretty much monologue between Kramer and George where Kramer's just going, do you have a job? No. Oh, yeah, I remember, yeah. Do you have a girlfriend? No. Do you have any prospects? No. Do you have any reason to get up in the morning whatsoever? (laughs) No, <laughs> it is like that scene is phenomenal. Kramer calling out for <laughs> yeah. yeah, but then like they're in the same boat. Oh, but yeah. they've just got completely yeah, so, different outlooks. Like completely so different. So Kramer's uh, convincing him to like leave and come with him to LA. And yeah, like, yeah, but yeah. George is just like, <laughs> yeah. Whereas Kramer's in the exact same position. He loves being in that position. But yeah. George is like, uh, I should kill myself. So there's an interesting part in here. Um, uh, so part of this episode so because they end up all swapping keys and they end up going into Elaine's apartment and they end up finding she's written an episode of Murphy Brown oh yeah yeah, uh, yeah. and they start reading it and they end up getting in trouble uh, she ends up coming in and busting them in the end of the episode spoiler alert Kramer is on an episode of Murphy yeah, Brown because he moves to LA doesn't he and, and I think they because she's not in the first two episodes of the next season because she was pregnant, and I think that they were trying. They, they created that rift to so that she wouldn't be in the the. Give the, her a break. Yeah. Oh, nice. There was one in um, How I Met Your Mother. It was like way worse, worse, worse handled because um, in that one Barney uh, says like a really offensive joke, and Lily, oh, Lily, yeah. um, uh, played by um, Alison Hannigan, she was pregnant at the time. She's like. Yeah, I can't talk to you guys for a few weeks, and like she's just not in it for a few weeks, yeah, wow. um, because of the bad joke. So, I do remember that bit. Yeah, uh, it didn't hit me at all at the time that that's why she was leaving. Yeah, that's why. Yeah, um, that whole Murphy Brown thing has an interesting uh, link to some events in May, nineteen ninety-two. Oh, right. oh the, the vice the, president. Yeah, yeah. You go. Um, so, uh, nineteen ninety-two was an election year. So, uh, George Bush was president and his vice president was Dan Quayle. Um, and uh, so this is the election that uh, in November um, 
spoiler alert. Um, <laughs> Clinton won. Clinton won. Um, at this time, it was neck and neck between Clinton and Bush. And Vice President Dan Quayle came out and gave this big speech, like a written speech, uh, criticizing the character of Murphy Brown <laughs> because she was single and pregnant. Um, oh, yeah. It's and. Like- Dan, do, do you have your uh, finger on the pulse of America? <laughs> well, to be fair, like, they're also not letting people have abortions in America. So, like, you're going to have some single pregnant women if you yeah, don't. Yeah, like, fucking worse. Mm. Yeah, so there was a lot of backlash over it. Um, but, yeah, I thought it was this interesting kind of yeah. tie-in with... There was a Seinfeld episode. Definitely. I wonder if that was uh, coincidental at all. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's just... Like, Murphy Brown was, like... Because Murphy Brown took a lot of pot shots at, like, Republicans, too. I guess it was also a huge show at the time, so there's going to be a lot of... Yeah, yeah. People and because who, she worked in the new... Like, you know, the whole thing is that she's a news anchor. Like, she's... Yeah, people yeah. cashing on Murphy Brown. Um, the Last of Us episode of Golden Girls, Ed. Oh, um, uh, you two. okay? Yeah, I'm fine. Okay. <laughs> you want to talk about it? I'm good. <laughs> uh, Bart's friend falls in love was the last uh well actually it wasn't the last uh, Simpsons one for the season because Fox uh put in the second Danny DeVito one in August because they wanted to be the only network that was like putting a, a show up in the summer so it was like apparently it was like the it, it didn't pay it off and like it was just a yeah. it just put a lot of extra stress on the Simpsons writers but is this stanky yeah Samantha stanky yeah, yeah I love stanky um one of my favorite lines is like this town's got a weird smell to it and, <laughs> and I don't like it but you'll see I, no one else seems to notice it and then like this girl was like it'll take you about six weeks yeah. <laughs> it, this episode has some amazing lines like, yeah um uh, Principal Skinner, like, uh, talking to Samantha, <laughs> where he was like, embarrassing for you. Anyway, bye. <laughs> and, like, and him talking to her um, in, in the office, um, it's like, oh, don't worry, I'm sure they'll forget about it. Just oh, like, just like they forgot about me. <laughs> yeah, in that Vietnam cage for three years. <laughs> um, anyway, is that the first Vietnam flashback bit? Because, like... The first one I can remember. Because in this one yeah, with, um, with Valentine's Day, he's like... Uh, just like Johnny, Johnny, Johnny. <laughs> oh, um, the sailor suit with the um with his mum, and they do the psycho hotel. Oh yeah, it's like well, that sailor suit doesn't fit anymore. <laughs> um, this one's really uh yeah, like I loved when um when her dad catches her in Millhouse, he's like no. Oh my god. Um. Yeah. A uh, uh, solid, solid episode. So. Do you recall who Stanky's voice was? It was done by. Um, I always forget. It's not Michelle Pfeiffer, is it? No, it's not. It's not anyone that I actually recognise. It's by one called uh, uh, Kimmy Robertson. Ah, oh, it's um the girl from Twin Peaks, isn't it? Possibly. Show me. Yeah. Okay. She's the like the receptionist lady at the Twin Peaks sheriff's office. Okay. Cool. I still haven't watched that. Just saw the peekers out there. Never going to do it. <laughs> the peekers? I don't know what they're called. I don't think they want to be called Lynch- that. Lynchers? Oh, don't want to be called the lynchers, do they? Stick yeah. with peekers. <laughs> uh, so with that, it is now time for the Law and Order Minute. The Law and Order Quarter Minute. Here we go. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's only one episode. We're at the end of season two we're all very sad about that but you know what season three starts soon lenny briscoe is coming <laughs> so is paul awesome. <laughs> <laughs> love that guy. okay all right tell me when you're ready uh, do you, is, 
Bob's on the timer. You say go and I'll go. Are you going to actually... Okay. <laughs> Who's saying go? Go. All right. The uh, detectives investigate a shooting death of uh, a guy named Marshall McFadden. Such an awesome name. I'm going to change that. Don't waste time, Paul. Um, he is uh, found sitting on his, at his desk with a gun next to him at the left at the scene. Um, apparently, he's not a really good guy because he, uh, he buys company. Marshall McFadden. Was that the end of the sentence? Did you just finish the sentence? No. Okay. That's all right. I know the rules. You see, you pussyfoot around too much. You don't get through it. You're going so well. I love when you start with an um or like not where your Law and Order minute starts. It's like, ah, he's already shot himself in the foot. It's all right. I'm going to find a TV show that you can do a middle of and it's it's hard. Okay. Okay. Wait. It's hard. Twin Peaks. Yeah. Twin what? Peaks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying Twin Peaks in a minute Jesus <laughs> It's probably quite easy A man gets coffee He's It was confused. weird <laughs> <laughs> Talks into a recorder Okay, music Alrighty So John Frusciante left Royal Chili Peppers Wah. Removed from the Rolling Stone cover See, they did have Photoshop Yeah Right? Yeah, they took it out. Yeah. Yeah. Or do they just like white out over him? They replaced him with another flea. (laughs) (laughs) Flea in a wig. (laughs) Too many fleas. (laughs) Too many fleas. Uh, So Under the Bridge was the Australian single uh, for for a couple of weeks. And also um, To Be With You came back. I'm the one who wants to be with with you. Um, Can I also mention uh, John Frusciante's usual replacement and like his mini-me? was like 13 when he left the band and came to replace him. That Klinghoffer? Yeah, Klinghoffer. Okay, cool. Isn't that weird? When does Weirdo come in? The David Navarro? <laughs> Pretty soon, I'd say. Yeah, yeah. 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 It's like, yeah. Gross. Um, and in America, Criss Cross will make you jump the entire <laughs> month. Oh my God. Wow. Did you wear your pants back to front? I did not. <laughs> But. Oh, that was too quick. <laughs> no, no, you don't have any proof. <laughs> don't ask my brothers. No, I just remember really enjoying that song. Yeah. Ah, oh, look, Chris Cross can make a jump. jump. Yeah, but for how long? Jump. Honestly, for a month. For a month, apparently. apparently. Oh. Uh, the releases for this was pretty strong. Um, so Were they? By who's? Let's let's take a vote. Um, strong or weak? Who says it was strong this month? Strong. Weak. Weak. Yeah. <laughs> I love having a guest. <laughs> so The Longest Line by No Effects came out. Uh, Daily Operation by Gangstar. Fear of the Dark by Iron Maiden. Henry's Dream by Nick Cave. Rites of Passage by the Indigo Girls. Uh, the Southern, Har- Southern Harmony Companion uh, by Black Crows. Revenge by Kiss. Nope. <laughs> uh, Time Takes Time by Ringo Starr. Some Gave All by Billy Ray Cyrus and Kiko by Los Lobos. I say it was a weak month, but I listened to four of those releases. Two I thought were amazing. Which two? Uh, so Indigo Girls, which I have never listened to before. Yep. That album was phenomenal. Yeah. Okay. How good is their Romeo and Juliet? Yeah. Yeah. Because it makes. I'm not a huge Dire Straits fan, partly because I just hate Mark Knopfler and I don't know why. Oh, but does. I've now discovered he writes really good songs. He just doesn't play them well. Yeah. And like they've covered, it's like, that's how your song should have been done. He should just write this stuff for other people. Yeah, yeah, he should. Yeah. Uh, what was the other one? Uh, Henry's Dream by Nick Cave. So good. 
I, I like Nick Cave. I had a dream. Oh, that album is been that nice. that um, song in particular. I had a dream, Joe. Um, my brother made me like a bit of a, a tape up of stuff that I'd heard through like his wall, and I was like, that was one of the ones I, I insisted was on it, and I've I've loved that song. Like so long. It's this just, has come up a few times where you're hearing stuff through your brother's wall. With a very thin wall. Does he have it quite loud so he can't hear what you're doing through your wall? Also, probably can't hear what he's doing. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, he's definitely throwing it onto me. Well, you're the one finding condoms everywhere. Um, Papa won't love you, Henry. Oh, man. Leave you, sorry, Henry is just such a good way to start the album. It is. Yeah, it is, it is one of my favorite um, albums, and that song in particular. I think it's the best song. I also like Straight to You. Yeah. Um, yeah. John Finn's wife yeah. is so good. And there's a live version that comes out um, of John Finn's wife and it's just, it's it's amazing. So an interesting thing with this, I, I do like Nick Cave. I never listened to this album. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I think I've listened to every album since, since after this one. Um, I've heard some of these songs like Straight to You and I Had a Dream. But yeah, listening to the album from yeah. start to finish. Banger. It's strong. It's banging. Yeah, definitely banging. I've never liked Nick Cave. Nick Cave. Um, I don't know if it's partly from... Feel the room, man. <laughs> yeah, I am. I'm going to bring it down. There's that part of like everyone says he's like just... Not just your friends. Like I don't think he's a genius. I like his songs. Like I, I, That's where it stops for me. Like I think people like uh, make him into a godlike figure and I don't agree with that, but I think he's a really good songwriter. Not just that, but like our mate Eddie has said he's one of the greatest songwriters of all time. And I don't know if he's maybe one of those people for me like, maybe you write great songs, but you don't deliver them in the best fashion because his voice isn't the most incredible voice. Sometimes it suits perfectly like, yeah. and it will tear you apart and it's like, red right hand, push this guy away. Like he's got some bangers. Yeah. But... For me, like an entire album of Nick Cave's voice, I'm like, this isn't, this isn't always. What did you right. like then? I liked the uh, the true like Indio Girls was good. Yeah, I gave them another. I think we had them last year, that live album maybe. Yeah, yeah. So I was already partially on board there, but uh, Remedy Black Crows banger. Here's the thing about Black Crows, I fucking used to love them a lot, and I I, I don't mind them now. I find them like a bit. Uh, Again, like they can't finish the songs. Like you don't need six minute song. Like you've been doing the same thing over and over. Um, but I used to say, "It's like love black crows, hate counting crows." Now you <laughs> stop now that now, haven't I? <laughs> I actually couldn't remember which crows it was that you liked, and then I heard Remedy. I was like, "It's got to be black crows." This is song of the month. Right? Na 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 na. No. Now I know which crows it is. Oh, yeah, I, dude. I didn't listen to this album. I've got uh, an unjustifiable hatred of uh, of Black Rose. But have you ever played Grand Theft Auto Vice City? Yes. Remedy. Vice City? It's the 80s. No, fucking San Andreas. San Andreas? Yeah, you said Vice City. Vice City's in the 80s. It is. I thought San Andreas was too late. It's on one of them. Hmm. Just definitely where I know it. I probably love that song. Yeah. <laughs> Unknowingly. It's like, damn it. It was Black Crows all along. I put that song on. I was like, yeah, this is the best. And then I skipped through. I was like, they've got to have another one. They've got to have another one. There was there was a music festival one. called Monsters of Rock. I remember and... that. No. No. I didn't know this was Kiss. But no. No. 
<laughs> shout out to Mark Snow. Kiss a garbage. This is actually pretty. Domino is actually a pretty good song, man. Like it sucks, but it's a good song. Uh, it's the worst. Uh, so, um, I really liked uh, everything that we talked about, but um, I don't like no effects per se. Hooray, we can all agree. I, I, but I played them a lot as a kid. Like when I was in my first band, like we played no effects, like the entire albums. Like mm-hmm. they're fun to play because their 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 guitar lines are really really um, intricate and it's pretty good. This EP in particular has probably one of my favorite songs of all time of Killable White Man. Like, that's one of the best, their best songs ever. Killable or Kill All? Kill All the White Men. Right. Um, and also the, the, the title, the, the title track, Longest Line, is one of the best songs that they've ever written as well. So it's like, yeah, as I, I, I've stopped liking them over the years, but this one's still pretty good. I listened to this in the car. Uh, with one of my kids in the car and this uh, Kill All the White Men uh, was on and uh, she was like, are they singing uh, Kill All the White Men? Like, uh-huh. <laughs> so we had to have a discussion about that. <laughs> yeah, yes, yeah. Not me. I'm all right. <laughs> Did you say hashtag not all men? <laughs> no. Okay. That is uh, never the correct response, everyone. It ah. is it is a fun song to play and, and to listen to. Speaking um, of fun songs. <laughs> right? That song's easier to listen to if you don't think of the lead singer singing it. Because he's just like I don't know who he is. He if you watch 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 anything of the Black Fro- the Black Crows like live and it's just like He's like a living sex organ, just like just flopping around like the entire time. It's just like, dude, just chill. Yeah, that no effects EP. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, the the kiss kiss revenge is pretty hard to take. Um, it's definitely in that. Stop it. <laughs> uh, Ringo Starr. No thanks. Ringo's a bastard. <laughs> is he? Ah, oh, there was a band like the early thousand called Ringo as a Bastard. Oh, really? And I liked cool. them just because they hated Ringo. Um, I really liked Los Lobos. Um, I've liked them for quite a few years. Um, like the the whole album isn't like you know banger after banger after banger, but um, Kiki on Eleven Moons really really good song. Um, it's just I think it's I, I kind of like um, everyone just thinks they're like a mariachi band, and they're not. They're like an alternative country like rock like. Like, yeah, I thought it was mariachi. Type. Yeah, like they they have elements of like Mexican culture in their songs, but that's not what sort of define. Like, I think that they they do a lot of other stuff really really well as well. So, okay, cool. give it a go. Give it a go to Los Lobos. Um, I when you send out the email for these, I copy and paste it into my own document. Yeah. Sometimes I don't scroll all the way to the bottom and catch everything. So the last album for the month was a T ride self titled. All oh, right. Yep. I have no idea what else you're talking about now. Uh, I'll give you. A Sorry, I didn't listen to it. That's right. I'm glad I missed out on Ringo Starr, though. Is this Joe Pesci? Shh. <laughs> Lost Lobos. Ah. Sounds See, good. it's got like the sort of... Um, what does it say on it? Kiko. Lobos. You mean Lobo? 
Nej, Lebas. Lebo. Lebo. Joe Lebo. Um, I wish I had listened to that. I downloaded it, but didn't get to it. Yeah, um, give it a go. It's, 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 um, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a decent album. Um, what would you say was your... Remedy. What was your album and movie of the... Of the My album is Rites of Passage by Indigo Girls. Okay. Song is Remedy. Banger. Okay. Um, it would be a toss-up with Sistrak and Encino Man. Ooh. But I think for the fact... Encino Man still held up way more than I expected. Yeah. I didn't want to murder myself listening to Paulie Shaw talk. I didn't think of Lee Cohen quite often. Yes. <laughs> but it was still pretty good. Yeah. Like, right. I would still recommend for people to watch that film. Yeah, same me. Yeah, yeah. It was so, good. That's my movie. Encino Man? Yep. All right. Uh, Sister Act by An Absolute Mile. Oh. Yeah, that was an absolute banger of a film. Um, We're calling uh, when a film is a banger, we say mash now. We're making, <laughs> I'm making it happen, Bob. Come along with me. It's a movie mash. Yeah. Um, and I was pretty convinced I'd go with right, Rites of Passage as well. Uh, but I think I'll split it and go with Henry's Dream because yeah. I, I actually listened to that coming up here today and that album is phenomenal. So I'm going Henry's Dream. Ooh. I'm going to get pooed on for badmouthing Nick Cave later, but Diversity. I'll stand by. Yeah, that's fine. Um, I don't want Live Wire to be my favourite film of the week. Then don't. <laughs> you remember that Joe Pesci was in a film this month, right? I find this fascinating that with Aliens uh, uh, Aliens 3 alongside it, that you're still going to go I forgot film. about that, yeah. <laughs> and also, we had a Tom and Nicole film. We yep. didn't even get into that. Fuck that. Oh. Um, <laughs> it was just like one, one two-hour edging. With no payoff. <laughs> and I forgot to ask. <laughs> and then they finally got it on in Eyes Wide Shut. Is that what happened? Is that the sequel? Fine. Um, was, was Criss Cross, obviously wasn't related to the artist Criss Cross? No, no, film? that was a film about a um, Goldie Horn uh, being a stripper trying to get a kid through school or something. I don't know. Jumping through hoops? Yeah, sure. Um, I'm going to go with Encino Man as well. Really? Yeah, I, wow. I kind of liked it. Yeah, D- despite the um the the f word factor, um, that was Live like Wire a- was very much up there. But like after, after Sleepwalkers last week, I can't have both my movies being batshit crazy. <laughs> <laughs> like I still think people should watch Live Wire because it's a national treasure. But Encino Man was way to which nation? Not like treasure protectors. Um, I <laughs> I I was like you, Encino Man. I was just like, I'm gonna hate this. Yep. And at the end of it, I'm like, oh, weasel. Yeah, I'm ready for some more poorly sure, I think. <laughs> yeah, well, Biodome's coming. Yeah, son-in-law. Stephen Baldwin, though. Mm. Uh, and my album would probably... Um... <clears throat> Sorry, I had, had some garbage in my throat. Must have been your next sentence. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go Henry's Dream as well. Um, but it was followed very closely by Kiko by Los Lobos. So, yeah. so no one had Ringo Starr. <laughs> I did not listen to that show. Can you imagine? He just threw his like iPad across the room or something, or his iPods. He's got Google alerts. (laughs) No one had Fear of the Dark by Iron Maiden. No, I considered listening to it, but when I knew Run to the Hills wasn't going to be on there, (laughs) I'm not going to find anything. I I grew up a huge Iron Maiden fan, Uh, so I've actually listened to this album before, and like listening to this. It's like, there's a few really good songs on it. This one's one of them. Okay. Other than, it goes for seven minutes, and it doesn't need to go for seven minutes. 
Uh, this is the other good song. This is Be Quick or Be Dead. Um, just one funny comment about this. The album's not very good. It is it is Iron Maiden, but in 1992... What? which no. <laughs> <laughs> It's Iron Maiden and it sounds like Iron Maiden, but in 1992, which seems weird after the release of stuff like Nevermind and 10 and even Metallica's Black Album, where it's like, yeah. this is from a different time. Yeah. How am I, yeah, like we had... um Who we have last week on in April, there was a, it was a Def Leppard. Yeah. Oh, wow. So... This was like, like sweeping out the last. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, but yeah. like, I'm like looking back at it now, and I guess at the time I was like, your time was over, guys. But like, they still would have had a huge fan base. Yeah. Oh, well, then Airheads came out, and they're like, oh, I remember those bands. Well, the interesting thing is, this was um, uh, Bruce yeah, Dickinson. Yeah, Bruce Dickinson. Wow, you're Bruce Dickinson, man. Last album for I think it's like nine years. He quit after this album because he said exactly that. He was like. Our time is up. We're done. Like we, I like had people who can be pragmatic about that. It's just yeah. like we're done. Um, I remember they didn't they re-release they released something when I was working at Sanity, and I remember they still have fans, man. Like that's yeah. that Al, Al, and we didn't have a long run. We didn't have like heaps of copies of it, but every copy. And I'm talking about the deluxe copies, fucking sold out. Quick. I saw them at a festival, I think in maybe 2005, 2006, yeah. and like the metalheads that came out, the grey mullets that I saw. And camping chairs. <laughs> it's like when um, it's like when the skinheads come out for like a, a UK punk band. It's like, yep. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna gonna go paint the town red tonight. Yeah. One of the most offsetting things about this album was listening to this. Listening al- to it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, listening to this alongside Henry's Dream, where yeah. it's like, you know, uh, like him or hate him with Nick Cave, he writes poetry like. The lyrics are pretty but is, good. Is that juxtaposition of like this came out and this came out in the same yeah, month? What absolutely, the <laughs> and 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 writes a passage as well where it's like this sounds amazing, and then it's like Fear of the Dark where it's like this is a song about being scared of the dark. You can't see the things in the corner. <laughs> like, it's just this literal stuff. It's like yeah. But then next, like, I woke up one morning and I was sad, and I wrote this about a flower that I saw in the wind. <laughs> You know what else he said? You got to separate art from the artist. Yeah. yeah. Not a fan. Yeah. Not a fan. I don't know. It seems to be at the moment like a lot of celebrities coming out about their their opinions of cancer culture and like there's quite a lot of polarizing opinions out there. Like they're saying like, look, if they said something back to like 15 years ago, you can't judge them on that. No, if they apologize for it, yeah. then okay. Yeah, I think acts like like a, a despicable act is another thing, but a despicable thing that they said at the time, I think it's forgivable if they're if they're asking for forgiveness. If someone is an ongoing piece of shit and someone says, "Hey, just separate that from the artist," no, <laughs> rigs. Okay, <laughs> if you, thank you so much for being on. Thanks, oh, Bob. Uh, just one last thing before yeah. we go, uh, Paulie, I've got a gift for you. Okay, <gasps> it comes with a condition, though. Though, okay, but, so. if this is lethal and fourth. It- Enforced arcade machine. What's in the box? <laughs> so the condition of it is you're not allowed to open it today. Oh. Ah. You have to wait until 1993. Okay. <laughs> oh, when we record 1993. That's right. And <laughs> yeah. And it's a specific month as well. I, I don't know if you want to know the month now. Yeah. Or is that why you've got tape over it? Yep. Living in the tape. Living in the tape. It is... June of 1993, 
that's when you can open this. Okay. Ah, oh, okay. Jesus. Fuck you, man. <laughs> if it's I'm, a severed head, we're going to be very. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like Mills in seven, the Seven Art. It's What's a, in the box, <laughs> man? Thanks so much for having me. Is it Gwyneth Paltrow? <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> a gun rack? A gun rack. <laughs> uh, thank you so much for coming on. Um, if you want to get in contact with us, uh, living at the past pod at gmail.com. Uh, if you want to check out me and Bob playing in Profiteers, you can uh, set us up on um, all sorts of platforms. We got Spotify, we got Facebook, we got the Instagram. Bandcamp? I'm sure. Yeah. yeah um, nice. If you're in the Adelaide area and you want to come out and see us play our last show, it is on the August the 6th, 6th or 7th, whatever this is. At the, the Adelaide Saturday. Bar for the Winter Ball. Um, I'll post the proper date um, when we do the episode. Um, check out um, our Living the Pasts uh, Letterboxd and our Spotify playlist. Um, the links are in the description of the episode. You got anything? Um, if you want to see me play football in goggles, you can't because the game got postponed. Oh, they're pushing right click back? Yeah. Yeah, fair enough. Um, <laughs> That's it. Okay. <laughs> and we will see you next week. Thank you. Bye. Thank you once again for listening to Living in the Past. Got some awesome people to thank at the end of the show here. Andrew Golding does our music for us. You can check out his stuff at www.antigold.bandcamp.com. Rebecca Sheedy, she does our artwork. You can check out her stuff on Instagram at mildscribbling. Send us an email at livingthepastpod at gmail.com or follow us on Instagram. You can check out letterbox.com following PD Lumsden and check out the movies that we've been talking about this season. You can check out the music we've been talking about on the podcast by going to Spotify and searching Living in the Past podcast and then the month that you want to check out. Want to help us grow the show? Leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or tell your neighbour, tell your friend, tell your mother. It all helps. And until next time, as we always say, sit back, look back and relax. Relax.